wings of light? Wings of light? Honestly, I never saw it coming, and after Naoi had flown us through a portal of her own creation, a portal that was forged, forged of golden light, it wasn't even a question to me why those wings had formed. It was Naoi's gift. Osiris hadn't actually given her the wings, of course. She'd already possessed that gift. Osiris had simply opened her eyes to it, if that makes any sense. Seeing those wings on Naui was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen up to that point, and I can't say I've ever really seen anything to match it ever since. But of course, that wasn't the only thing that I'd seen. There was something else. A second Naui. And it had Aja. Somehow, this, I, I guess you could say evil twin, had changed Naui's weapon and was able to use it against her. The other Naui seemed to be just as fast and was perhaps stronger than my Naui. And I thought, well, I'd always been grateful that Naui was on our side when it came to dealing with soldiers. I couldn't imagine having to fight her, but it was possible that this is exactly what we'd have to do. Osiris stood, staring out the window, watching as the sun came up. He said it was one of his favorite things to do when he came to this world. Sometimes him and his son, they would watch it rise together in silence, just being with each other, you know? There wasn't a need for words, he said. I, I watched him and I knew that he missed O and was worried beyond understanding like any father would be. I wished I could tell him that things were going to be okay, but I couldn't. I didn't know how things were going to be. Now he got up and walked over to him. She put a hand around him and took in first light with him. She told him not to worry. She'd get him back, no matter what it took. But how would she? For the first time, I was truly having doubts. This soldier that was able to suck the warrior parts out of a warrior had Aja, and even though Naui having wings was really, really cool, I just couldn't see how that was going to help us get O back, especially if we had to fight the other Naui. I didn't say this to my sister, by the way, but she could sense it. Well, that was obvious. Like I've said, me and Naui didn't always have to say things to each other to know what we were thinking. And when I wouldn't look her in the eye, I'm sure that also gave her a clue. Osiris turned to me in that moment and said, you know your sister is more than a warrior. Well, yeah, I mean, she was a half-god, a creator like her mother, but there was still so much she didn't understand about her powers, and we didn't have the time to figure out what those things were. 
they were holding O. The soldiers were. Seth was. And I was sure that the other Naui was coming after us. We needed the warrior Naui. The one that had trained her entire life. The one that always made me feel like everything was going to be okay. Because in that moment, I really didn't know. Osiris turned to Naui and looked her in the eye. He told her that she was an amazing warrior, but that was only one aspect of who and what she was. Naui nodded, but I could see the fear, the uncertainty in her eyes. This was unexplored territory for her and me. Being a warrior was her identity. It was what defined her. Having it taken away was like losing her arms or her, her, her legs. I know it's scary, Osiris said, but I need you to forget about the warrior and step beyond it. I'm certain that it was the scariest thing she'd ever faced up to that point. Might not we? Scarier than Seth or Auk. Scarier than any soldier she'd ever gone up against. You have to let it go, Naui, Osiris said. That's the only way you will find your true strength. Naui shook her head. No way. She was and would always be a warrior. Osiris, god of the underworld, had somehow lost his mind. He was asking her to walk away from herself, and there was no way she was going to do that. Osiris was quiet for a few moments, then said he wasn't asking her to walk away from who she was. What he was asking her to do was to move toward it. I really didn't want to go to school that day, but I didn't have a choice. After all, we were still teenagers, and if we didn't start showing up in school, it might raise suspicions. And what was really strange about that day was the weather. It was late May, and in Northern California, things are usually starting to warm up about that time, but not that day. That day, not only was it bone-chilling cold, it was also pouring. It felt like everything was off, and I wasn't sure why. Naui was with me, but, well, she really wasn't. After Naui had told Osiris that she wasn't about to let the warrior part go, he told her that if she changed her mind, he wouldn't be far away. All she'd need to do is say his name and... Then he disappeared. At lunch, there were people running through the rain, shielding their heads with notebooks, and I could see others huddled together underneath any shelter that they could find. Naui didn't seem to care and walked through the pouring rain without covering her head. I took her by the arm and led her to the place where we used to see Building 33, that place where she'd first met O. Oh. 
a place we hadn't seen for quite some time. I thought maybe being in that place would wake her up somehow. At the least, it would remind her of O, who I knew she missed terribly. And I was hoping that that would be enough to get her going. But then something crazy happened. The pouring rain turned into ice pellets and those pellets turned to fire. The kind of thing you might see in something like the Ten Commandments, but well, it was really happening. Me and Maui quickly ducked into a building and just looked at each other. Was this really happening? Then we ran toward the door just as a bunch of students poured in screaming. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really happening. We could hear the echo of people screaming throughout the school. Then an announcement over the intercom. Principal Gardena, her voice rattled but somehow calm, telling everybody to seek shelter. The doors began rattling as hurricane-force winds were slamming into the building and the ground itself was trembling. I pulled Naui into a broom closet and the screams were suddenly muffled. When I looked into her eyes and we were literally nose to nose in that box of a room, I could see the fear in them. And I gotta tell you, it was tearing me up inside. Cause you know, I, I understood that Naui was, was half human. I knew there were times in the past when we fought soldiers and she was afraid, even though she looked calm, at least on the outside. I, I, I could sense the fear, but I always ignored that feeling and told myself that the bravery she projected, despite her fear, was solid and I could lean on it. Seeing her like this, well, I, I could see the fear she kept hidden, and it was screaming out as loud as the students on the other side of that broom closet. I, I told her I had to go, that I'd be back, and suddenly I was immersed in shadow armor and flying through the wall. It truly went that fast. Gotta tell you, I'd never flown through a solid object that easily before. I, I did it without even thinking about it. And suddenly, I was soaring above the school, fiery pellets pouring from a sky that had gone from gray to black. I was sensing all of this, of course. My face and head were completely immersed in the shadow armor, and I wasn't seeing with my eyes anymore. I was seeing with my instincts. Parts of the school had caught fire, and the flames were scarlet red, eating through rooftops, swelling upwards, spreading as if the fire itself was somehow enraged, if such a thing was possible. The bones of the school had become more and more brittle, and it seemed like the whole thing was going to collapse at any moment. Sudden blind panic. One of the buildings, I mean, I could sense craziness all around me, but one of the buildings was crazier than the others. The ceiling inside was falling, all coming down. 
students tripping over each other to get outside, but that would mean they were literally going from the frying pan into the fire, or should I say, the firestorm. I shot toward the building as fast as I could, then silence, the screams, the wind, gone, just like that. I wondered for a split second if it was too late, which didn't make any sense at all. What did me being too late have to do with this sudden and complete silence? If I'd been too late, I figured there would have been more screams, not less. I took a chance and lowered the shadow armor from my head and face. The first thing I noticed was a giant dome, and it was composed of golden light surrounding the entire school. Every single student had come out, and I noticed that the building where I sensed that the ceiling was collapsing was glowing. Well, not the actual building, but inside the hallway. I ran over to the building and saw my Naui standing underneath that ceiling with her hands raised. And there was a pillar, a pillar of golden light that was holding the ceiling together. The students had run out and hadn't even noticed Naui. They were way too focused on getting the heck out of there. Well, all except for one. Leia was just staring at Naui, mouth wide open. Of course, she'd known that Naui was special. She'd seen part of the fight with Auk in the school. But seeing this, seeing what Naui had somehow created, this was beyond anything she'd ever thought Naui was capable of. I went inside the hall and took the pillar of light in. It was pure energy. Me and Naui locked eyes. She still looked scared. In fact, she was shaking, but it didn't seem to matter. She'd gone into that hall anyway, despite the fear, and isn't that what bravery is all about? Naui suddenly collapsed in my arms, and the golden pillar of light disappeared. But the ceiling stayed intact. Somehow it had completely repaired itself, or had Naui somehow repaired it? Outside, I could see the golden glow fading, giving way to actual sunlight. It seemed that the fiery pellets had stopped, and the weather was going back to normal. There were announcements on the intercom, of course, but well, I wasn't really paying attention. While everyone else was making their way outside in complete silence, I picked up Naui, found the clearing, and took off. What was really strange was that I knew Leo was watching all of this, and I honestly didn't care. I just knew I needed to get my Naui home. As I flew over the school, I thought, thought, I saw someone with a hoodie snugly pulled over their head, looking up, but it was only for a 
split second. Once me and Naoi had gotten back to my room and I told mom and dad that I was fine, of course mom had heard something on the radio and dad had been dispatched to the area. I laid Naoi on my bed and just stared at her. I also noticed that, well, as I was going into my room, there hadn't been any fire damage in my neighborhood, per se. So, well, maybe that firestorm had just been over the school. I wasn't sure. And the other thing I was thinking was, what was happening to my best friend? The warrior part had been stripped from her, and I wasn't sure that I knew the person that was left. What did seem obvious about this part of her was that it was all about rescuing or protecting, but it never raised a fist to do it. A golden dome of light. A pillar made out of the same light. She'd created it all, but seemed to be as confused as I was about exactly how she'd done it. Then I wondered if I could call Osiris on my own while Naoi was sleeping. Up to that point, she'd been the one doing the calling, and I wasn't even sure if it was okay for me to call a god. Of course, as soon as I had the thought, Osiris was there in my room, taking in a sleeping Naoi. He walked over and gently caressed her forehead. I asked him why she was always so tired after she used her powers. It was never like that before, after she'd physically fought someone. In fact, she seemed even more energized after battle. Creation is far more tiring, Osiris said, and it's a muscle she's never really used. Eventually, she'll get stronger. Then I asked what we needed to do to get her warrior part back. Osiris paused, then said we'd need to get Aja back from the soldier. And for some reason, well, it popped in my head. The firestorm. It was her arriving in this world. The other Naoi, she had somehow followed us. Osiris nodded. So then, how were we going to do it? What would we need to do to defeat the other Naoi? Osiris corrected me, told me that first I needed to remember that this was not another Naoi. This was a soldier that had stolen a part of her, a thief who didn't have their own identity, but was simply a mirror who was able to use a warrior's reflection against them. The only being in existence able to defeat it was, of course, Naoi, and in order for her to do it, she'd have to believe she could. She'd have to face that part of her alone. It made sense, but uh, I didn't want it to. Naoi began to snore, and I almost laughed, covering my mouth just before it had burst out of me. Then I looked at Osiris, who smiled and knew what I was thinking before I had even had the thought. 
He said that he sensed that his son was okay. I told him that we were going to get him back. Then I gave him a quick squeeze on the shoulder and he disappeared. There I was telling the God of the underworld that we'd rescue his son, but I didn't know if I believed it was possible. I laid down on the floor where Nawi usually laid and shut my eyes. It was only going to be for a few moments. Just wanted to give my eyes a bit of a rest. But the second I shut my eyes, I opened them again, and day was suddenly night. I couldn't believe it. I looked around toward my bed, and Naoi wasn't there anymore. I wondered how much time had passed. Then a a red glow. It was dim at first, but quickly began to get brighter. I turned toward my window and saw a fireball blazing out of the darkness. Before I knew it, the fireball had somehow passed through my window without blasting it apart and was hovering in the middle of my room, completely filling it. Despite what it was, there was no heat coming from it. In fact, I felt a chill as a hooded being stepped out of it. And it was the same person I'd seen watching me from the ground as I'd carried Naui home. Hello, Eric, said the soft voice emanating from inside the hood. Well, it definitely sounded like Naui, but I knew better. I tried to activate my shadow armor, but nothing happened. Then she said, I know you've missed me. Well, I'm right here. You are not my Naui, I said. But I am the other Naui responded. The part that calmed you when you were trapped in the living prison. The part that you went into battle with, despite how afraid you were. I am the rock that holds you steady, she said, and I need for you to talk to that other part, the part that's weak, the part that's afraid to face me. I need you to tell her that I need her that we need each other. And the only way that we can be whole again is for her to give Seth what he wants. It's really that simple. Then the other Naui lowered her hood and I could see her fiery eyes burning as bright as the fireball hovering behind her. The truth was that I did miss that part. The part that always steadied me in the storm that was Seth, Ock, and their soldiers. It always made me braver than I thought I was ever capable of being. Because I always knew that if all went bad, that part would protect me. The other Naoi said, think about it. Then she turned and walked back into the fireball, and it exploded. My eyes snapped open, and I jumped off the floor. I looked over and saw Naui in bed, still asleep. Had this been a dream? Or had the other Naui truly 
reached out somehow. I wasn't sure, but what I did know was that I needed my Naui back whole, and the only way that was going to happen was for her to face the part of herself that she truly feared the most. On April 29th, the adventure continues. And coming soon, the chronicles of Detective Bender and the super secret adventures of George. Stay tuned.